Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Daily Doff. Differently, my name is Ethan Linden. I am in New Orleans, Louisiana, and we are on Beitza Doff Yud Chet, page 18. I am providing my final Doff of this session. It's been a pleasure this past week. And let's dive right in. I'm going to start with the Mishnah on the bottom of Yod Zion Amud Bet. And the Mishnah is about uh, the immersion of, of vessels and then people on, uh, on the Sabbath day. And, and specifically, the Mishnah is talking about on a festival day that falls directly after Shabbat. And what... Uh, Beit Hillel says is that the vessels have to be immersed before Shabbat, but people can immerse on Shabbat, whereas Beit Shammai says that both people and vessels must, in fact, uh, be immersed before the Sabbath. And the Gemara then goes on to say, Dekule Alma Mihat Kli Shabbat Lo my Tama. The question that the Gemara asks is, okay, incidentally, sort of, b- by the way, both Beit, Sh- Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel seem to agree that you cannot uh, immerse vessels on Shabbat. And the question is, why not? So Rabbah comes and says that the reason is it is a uh, preventative measure. It's a gezeira. It's, it's a preventative measure because you might carry the vessel in the public domain on your way to the mikvah, which uh, would be a problem. That would lead you to carrying. And a lot of our Shabbat restrictions are like this. It's not that the thing itself is necessarily problematic. It's that doing that thing might sort of inexorably lead you to make a mistake and violate a biblical prohibition. So, for example, you're not supposed to smell fruit that's on a tree because doing so may cause you to pick that fruit, which is itself a biblical prohibition. And this is a standard way that that the rabbinic uh, tradition works. These are fences, in some sense, around a much greater prohibition, which would be the, the biblical prohibition of carrying. But but then the, the we, we get Abaye coming back and saying, well, wait a second, let's, let's say that you're right. Let's say that the issue with immersing a vessel on Shabbat is about carrying. Well, what if somebody has a boar b'chatzero? What if he's got the, the pit, the, the mikvah, right there in his own courtyard, which, which therefore obviates the concern for um, the possibility that you're going to carry. And the, the obvious kind of answer to that that, that Rabbah comes back with is that also is a gazera, this preventative measure, because if you've got one in your courtyard, you may at some point forget and still carry into the public domain. That is, the, the concern is there that if you get in the habit 
of immersing your vessels on Shabbat, you might think that the immersion of vessels is something that you need to do even if it requires carrying. You might make the mistake and accidentally carry it into the public domain. And then the question comes back, fine, I'll give you that. And this, this, it's not clear whether this is Rabbah or the Gemara, but, but in any case, it comes back and says, I'll give you that. But on Yom Tov, on, on the Chag, right, on festival days, where there is no violation in carrying ma, my Ikalamemar, what is the concern there? Why wouldn't we be allowed to immerse our vessels on festival day? If it's only about not leading us to carry, then on festival days where there is no concern about carrying, why shouldn't we be allowed to immerse our vessels? To which the answer comes back, Gazru Yom Tov Atu Shabbat. They, the rabbis made a gezerah, again, a preventative measure in this case, because if we let people carry into the public domain on Yom Tov, then perhaps they will come to do the same thing on Shabbat and violate a rabbinic prohibition. But of course, that's, excuse me, a biblical prohibition. But of course, that's a little bit problematic since we already let people carry on Yom Tov and we don't worry that they're going to forget and carry on Shabbat. And we get this very interesting question, umigazrinan, right? Wait a second. Are you saying to me that we are making a preventative measure, a gazera because of a gazera? That's the question, right? It's not. It's obviously not about the carrying because we let people carry on Yom Tov without worrying that that's going to lead them to carry on Shabbat. The problem seems to be that if we let them do this other thing, which is to say immersing their vessels on Yom Tov, that they may then in the course of of trying to immerse their vessels on Shabbat, come to carry. And the question is asked, are, are we really going to make a preventative measure for a preventative measure? That is, the reason that we're not letting people immerse on Shabbat is nothing to do with immersing. It has to do with carrying. So if we're basically saying that we don't want people to immerse on Yom Tov because we don't want them to immerse on Shabbat because we don't want them to maybe carry, doesn't that seem like we're perhaps setting up a too many fences? Isn't it possible at a certain point that we can't see the law anymore through all of the preventative measures, all the gazerot, all of the rabbinic enactments that we have made to prevent people from violating the Sabbath, isn't it possible that we are in some sense causing ourselves a problem here and, and making people forget that there's an actual biblical prohibition at the core of this? And I'm thinking about this now uh, as I record this, where right before Pesach, and you'll be hearing it, I think, on Pesach or right after. And, and it's interesting to me because, of course, the issue of kitneot is precisely this, right? Well, maybe. No one's 100% sure what the problem with kitneot is, but one theory is that it had to do with this possibility that the grains that are kitneot would get mixed up with all of the uh, actual grains that be can become chametz and are biblically prohibited. And because of the severity of that sin, there was this concern that if we let things get mixed up, people might make a mistake and, and accidentally uh, fall into a prohibition. And Today, there is this debate that maybe we should let this kitneot thing go because it has, in some sense, overwhelmed the prohibition that it had come to prevent us from transgressing. Kitneot has become its own 
set of prohibitions that are so large and so onerous that we forget that there's an actual biblical prohibition about chametz that has nothing to do with kidneyote. And you saw this very clearly when some folks tried to make quinoa, for example, a kidneyote, even though it had not been considered that before. That is, to create additional barriers when the thing itself had already been clearly distinguished from chametz and even from kidneyote. And I think there is this concern in a legal system like ours that we are so careful about preventing the transgression of biblical prohibitions, and we set up so many fences that at a certain point it becomes hard or impossible to see the actual sin that the Bible is describing. And I think that is really what is behind this great little exchange here when the Gemara asks, Umi Gazarinan, do we really make a preventative measure, when we're worried about another preventative measure that is itself really just a preventative measure against a possibility that doing a certain thing will lead you into sin. At a certain point, too many fences make us forget what the sin is, and that in itself might lead us into the transgression of the prohibition. And that is really the core discussion over the course of this daf as they try to figure out who do we trust, whom do we trust, and in what circumstances to do certain things that are themselves permitted, but that may lead us into a prohibited territory. How careful do we need to be in setting up our system? How much trust do we have for the people who are living within this system? And that question, like so many, is of course unresolved, but is vital to the way we think about the law and the way we think about protecting ourselves from violating biblical prohibitions. It's been very lovely being with you this past week, and I hope you enjoy your learning for the rest of your time at Daily Daf I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.